there I am. Hey, Good we morning. have Robert Bradford in the house today. You guys celebrate? Yeah. Good morning. So great to be here. It's good to have you, man. Oh, man. Welcome. Welcome back to Santa Fe. Being here. Thank you. Is it a permanent thing? <laughs> Not this time. Robert, if you don't know Robert, Robert was one of our uh, original launch team, his family, the Bradfords, one of the original families that helped start the Grove. And so, so appreciate Robert and his family. They're in Texas now, and we miss them tremendously. We give them a hard time. But he came back to town. We have a conference that's happening, a network conference happening this week. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know. The way the credentialing works with the Assemblies of God is that there are three levels. And Eric has been at level two for a little while, and this week Eric will be ordained, which is level three. So Eric is going to level up this week. I took like the doctorate route, like a (laughs) 14-year journey. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. It's a great privilege to be able to just continue my journey also, just uh, growing and, yeah, being – Applying myself, so it's good, yeah. Glad you're here for that. Thanks. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's why we came. If we could. Awesome. We're glad he's here. Um, in the past, Robert and I would, would, would take turns. Uh, in the beginning, when we first started the Grove, we wanted to have, create a culture of empowering leadership where we help people discover their gifts and help them to use those gifts. And so Robert Bradford has a gift of, of teaching, and uh, we gave him the opportunity to teach every, every few weeks part of the series that we would do. And every now and then, we would come together and do this tag team, right. which is so, so much fun. I call it Good Morning America. Good but. Morning America. <laughs> tag team. Good tag team, yeah. Mine sounds cooler. Good Morning Grove. Um, yeah, so, and oh, hey, welcome all those Facebook, watching Facebook Live. Some of you texted and said you can't make it today, but you're watching, so thanks for watching our podcast, so... But it's good to have you back. I, I, I enjoyed the tag teams when we would do them together just to mm-hmm. wrap up series. And I thought we were going to be wrapping up a series today, but we're not going to wrap it up. We're just going to continue in it. just can't quit, can you? I can't quit. <laughs> Prayer is so um, important. Have, have you guys – has this helped you? Anybody out there? Has it helped you, challenge you? I've learned so much about the Lord's Prayer and about prayer. So we're, we're in this series. We said this about prayer. We said prayer is about talking with God so we can walk with God. And that we can make a difference in this world. That's what prayer really is. It's teaming up with God to say, what do you want to accomplish? We want to, we want to do what you want to do anyway. So help us to figure that out. And so we said that in the beginning. Adam and Eve walked in the garden with, with God. Like they were in relationship. They walked together. And that's what really prayer is. It's, it's about keeping our relationship healthy and strong. Uh, last week, uh, we, ta- we did the, the last, one of the last parts of the Lord's Prayer. Of saying, lead, lead me not to temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. And we asked this question. We said, is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? And we really talked about keeping, keeping prayer helps keep us aligned, it helps keep us focused, it helps to keep us on track, and really to keep us in, in, in right standing with God. And so forgive us, our day, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sins against us. That's about making our heart right. And then last week saying lead us not into temptation it was about keeping our hearts right, saying God protect us from straying off into these areas that uh, will hurt us. We, it's really about being proactive. I think really the Lord's Prayer is about being proactive, saying well, you have to work on these things and keep them in your life, a rhythm, so you can be proactively uh, working on your relationship with God and, and figuring out what he wants to accomplish in your life. And we said last week, he said no one drifts into being healthy. Um, you, you don't just wake up one day. You have to be intentional about that. And so when you make prayer your steering wheel, not just your spare tire, you will actually find that you, you will make it, you'll become healthy and you'll find that you're on the right path to, to that health. And so, uh, yeah, so we're on the next part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, last week, I said, lead us not to temptation. It was about guidance, victory, and protection. You can see on the screen that we have the other, other weeks that were listed about relationship. Um, and really, we said the Lord's Prayer is, is about the present, it's about the past, and it's about the future. Uh, God wants us to be healthy, so he gave us a model prayer to use, the Lord's Prayer, to help us be focused and to, to th- um, um, 
make sure we don't get sidetracked or distracted with things that aren't really that important. And he, he gave us this, this, this model to help us pray through these different elements of what God wants us to, to, to pray to be healthy people. If that makes sense. Um, so, um, yeah. And one of the things that, that you notice about, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Robert gave me this book. It's called No. Uh, he talked about last time he came. Uh, he talked a little bit about it. part of FIT when we did FIT 17. Yeah. And tell us a little about that. What, what was the... Um, the driver for the book, I mean, it's really a book about parenting. It's a book I wish I had received when my first child was born. Uh, it's just great information. The key that, that I used for FIT 17, and, and for really, it's for life, is the focus that all of our culture right now is pointing, is uh, being shaped by advertisers, right? The people who tell the story shape the culture. And he talks about this in the book, and that really the people shaping our culture right now are advertisers. And really what they're saying is, you, you need to care about you. You need these things. And you stack social media on top of that. I mean, a lot of us are advertising for companies by, you know, just made, you know, posting our picture of Starbucks or, you know, we're at uh, Tomasitas today and whatever. I mean, we're doing the same thing in that, that, our culture is a is a yes culture, and it's really pointing us to to think consistently about ourselves. Ourselves. That's media. It's it's me driven. Uh, everything is about me. It's about um, what makes me feel good. And here's the here's the struggle that we all have. Okay, when when we're left to ourselves, we make everything about ourselves. When you leave a kid to themselves or multiple kids, they will make it about themselves, which means they don't. All the rules go out the window, and it's just whatever feels good, whatever's, whatever's in front of me, that's what I'm going to do. There's not a lot of thought process. And we have all, this is the tension we live with on a daily basis, at least I do, is I want to make life about me all the time. It's about my needs, my wants, my desires, uh, me, 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 me. And, and we see this at an early age, right? So in this book, the reason I brought it up is because in this book, uh, we, we just read through the chapter of, of what someone would call the terrible twos, right? So they're talking about the different age group, the, the different changes that kids go through. And so we're reading because our youngest, Nova, she's two years old. I don't think they're terrible twos. I think they're amazing twos. Uh, I really would say they're just testing twos. Um, and, and it talks about how at 18 months, there's a shift in the brain of kids, all right? So up until, this, up until 18 months, they really don't – everything is about them. Like they think we're all connected. They think whatever they need is whatever else needs. There's, there's no consideration of anybody else but themselves. When they're dirty, they cry. When they're hungry, they cry, and somebody feeds them, right? So for 18 months, this is all they've known, all they've had is it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. Well, 18 months, they begin to notice something that people are individuals. And even though they're crying, mom and dad aren't crying all the time. Even though they're sad, maybe mom and dad aren't sad. And they begin to notice that there's this difference of, hey, I have my own little bubble here, and they're, they're their own person. And they begin to realize that. So what they want to know is, well, how far can I go with my parents with, with those around me. And so they want to know the limits and they start to, to test where they can go. And so they want everything about themselves still. And so we're trying to teach, teach Nova, our youngest, like, no, it's, those things will be, they're not healthy. It's not good for you to get everything you want. In fact, we said this, I think, week three. We said a life without limits becomes a life without maturity. And that is never God's will for any of us. Um, if we don't give, we don't have limits in our lives and we, we get everything we want, because prayer is not about just getting what we want. Prayer is really about partnering with God to accomplish what he wants to. But when we make it just about ourselves and we get everything that we want, we miss out. I think we trade in and we lose out on other things that God has for us, better things. Um, and we become spoiled brats. And so life without limits really is a kid that doesn't have limits. We become a spoiled brat. 
And if you don't catch it now, our parenting group, we're, we're doing a small group with parenting, and one of the weeks that we talked about this was uh, later um, is longer. And so if you don't nip it in the butt when they're young, when they're 13, 14, 20, 30, it'll be really hard to change them because it's too late. It'll take a lot longer. So Right, and I think all of us can speak to somebody in our office or someone we've worked with where we can tell that they really have not been put in a position where they have to think of others. Yeah. And it really, it's an unhealthy place. It's a place where a lack, complete lack of maturity. Right? Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. And all of us face that. When left to ourselves, we'll make it about ourselves. Yep. And, the, and the, this is the part of the Lord's Prayer, I believe. He's, he's trying to help us to break through that. Um, it's not good for, to have everything we want. It's not good just to make it about us, but partner with him in doing these things. In fact, there's this, um, when it comes to, to media and, and culture and, and yes culture and, and all these messages we get all the time, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but whoever controls the microphone wins. You ever heard that before? Another way to say that is the loudest voice typically wins. Uh, what that means is whoever we give the, 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 um, the influence into our lives to speak into our lives, whether that's Facebook or whether that's uh, Fox News or CNN, uh, whatever it is, um, popular culture, if, if that's the loudest voice in our lives, uh, we will eventually start becoming or wanting to become whatever, like whatever message they're giving us. Um, and so whatever, whatever we allow to be the loudest voice in our lives will eventually be, be the thing that wins in our lives. Right, and we are really getting that message um, with, with selfies. I think the, the word selfies is, is, is you can uh, Google it now, and you, there are millions and billions of hits for that. And, and Instagram, everything is really about us, and share your photos and share your life. And, and it, it becomes, Facebook has become a place of, of, of hiding even. Now I'm filtering everything, and, and this is the me I want you to see. And it, we're very, very, very focused on ourselves. Yeah. 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 Me-centered. It's just me-centered. all about me. And for the Lord's Prayer, this part of it, I think the whole prayer in, in, in itself is, is really helping us push away from that desire to make it all about me. And so today, this is the next part we're going to be talking about. Matthew six thirteen says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We said this is the end of the prayer, and really it's a summary of the whole Lord's Prayer. If you look at the structure of the prayer, we're, we're saying, God, it's about your kingdom. It's about you leading. Um, it's about uh, you accomplishing things. We're asking you. We're bringing our request to you. And then uh, when you answer those prayers, you get, the, you get the credit. You get the glory for it. And so we really said it's about those three things. Um, so the, the Lord's Prayer is about God being God, and we're, we're servants. We're, we're teaming up with him. We're partnering with him in his kingdom. Right, and, it, and when we, we look at this section of the prayer, it really is it's the final reorientation of perspective. Yeah. And really, that's what Jesus has done. It, it, the kingdom, the power, and the glory. What Jesus is saying is, look, this is really about God. Our, our perspective needs to be about God. And when we, we did Fit 17, we talked about all of this culture, all of the me, the, the wrong direction that, that that has us in. Because what spiritual health is really about Wanting to know what God wants for my life and knowing God, which is really very, very different concept mm-hmm. than what we see. And, and when we talk about um, that yours is the kingdom, it's a perspective thing. It's, it's to remind us that, hey, when I'm at work, I need to be thinking about the people around me that God may want to impact. Because people matter to God. The, in fact, the Bible says, uh, Peter wrote, you know, God would that none would perish, that none would, would spend eternity in hell. The people around us 
are people that matter to God. And when we pray, you know, thy kingdom come, it should orient us to a perspective where we're saying, Lord, it's not about me. It's about these people. And, and Lord, let your kingdom come in me and let your kingdom come where I am at. Use me. Speak through me. It's a, it's a perspective thing. And it's, it's a focus thing. I mean, you've experienced that, Eric, where, you know, you've been in prayer and God's speaking to you about something. And you can tell, like, I already know this, but I haven't thought of it for a long time. And then, you, you know, you're at the grocery store or whatever. You bump into somebody. You start talking to them. Right? If, you're, if your focus is on you, you're talking about you. But you're thinking thy kingdom come. And so as this person is starting to share stuff from their life, you're, God brings that thing to, to mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you say, oh, it wasn't for me. It's for them. Lord, let your kingdom come in that person's life. Really is what's happening as you share that word with them. Yeah, that's good. Because part- this is what prayer is. It's partnering with God to accomplish what he already wants to accomplish. I mean, imagine in your, on, a, on, a, on a daily basis where you would have this heart of saying, God, what, how do you want your kingdom to show up in my, my family? How do you want your kingdom to show up in my workplace? And then we're, we're aware of of the needs of others around us, we begin to partner with God to bring about that change, and he'll speak to us and he'll help us with it. So it's, prayer is really about a restored perspective. And we said this, that, that a, re- a restored perspective is one of the most important ingredients to staying healthy. Uh, because when you, get, um, when, when you get focused on just your needs and yourself, and, and, and this happens quite often, we think that whatever we're going through, whatever we're feeling is reality. Um, and we only see through that lens, and, and a lot of times what happens is our, our lens really gets really tunnel vision, and it gets so narrow and focused that all we can see is the pain in front of us or the hurt or the anger or whatever it is, and we really don't see the big picture. Prayer is saying, all right, God, I'm, I'm so focused on this need that I have, but I'm going to come to you and say, let your kingdom come. And what happens, he begins to open up our world to say there's something bigger here. It's not just about that thing that you have going on in your, in your, in your, your family right now, your need. That's right, because... It's really difficult to have community if you're solely focused on yourself. I, 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 some of the loneliest people I know are people who are solely focused on themselves and on what's going on in their life. And, and one of the programs I, I, that I got involved in uh, in the mid-'90s, uh, I was working with a guy, and he was helping me go through some pretty challenging things. And I'd call him, and I'd, you know, I'd basically complain about everything in my life and all that, and he'd say, you need to get out of yourself, man. He said, well, are there dishes in the sink? You should go do them. Take the trash out. Go do something for somebody else. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, uh, this, these, all these things are wrong in my life. He's like, well, you're spending too much time thinking about it. You need to go do something for somebody else. And, and that, Eric, that has become such a principle for me in my life, in my marriage. I don't know if Lori's watching it or not. I'm going to let a secret out. Okay. When I, this is an absolute truth. When I am the most frustrated with her, for, for I mean, it doesn't matter anything. I'm super frustrated for her, uh, with her over some issue. I go and do something for her that she wants done or that I know she would bless her. Why? Because it gets me out of me. Because my perspective Right when hurting people do hurting things, and when my perspective is about me and how wrong this is, my focus is off of the other percentage could be the other ninety percent <laughs> that is not you know that that 
just really, it wasn't, my, I, how am I saying that? It wasn't about me, you know, the night, it's not my fault. Like I'm focused on, this is all their fault. 90% is their fault. When I get out of myself and I go, I tend to find out that really it's, I just, it didn't go like I wanted it to, so now I'm having a fit. So that I can try and control this situation to get it back to what I want. Almost always. Yeah. So if I go do it for her, it gets me out of myself and frees me for that. Yeah, that's good. It's a perspective issue, and prayer is helping us with this. Because uh, we don't always see things as they really are. We just tend to see things as we are. So if we're hurting, we're going to see things in life as hurt. Um, Robert said like this. We were talking yesterday about the, the message. He said, if, if it's all about me, I'm quoting this guy. That's kind of funny, right? Quoting the guy next to me. Um, I'm in the wrong story. And so if, if your life is all about you, well, talk about that. You're in the wrong story. And, and it's really kind of what I was just saying is that if, you, if your focus is on you and you're spending your time, look, let me say it this way, okay? When, when something goes down between you and a, your friend, you and your wife or your husband or whatever, you're in, that, you're in that place, right, of saying, I'm right and they're wrong. This should have gone like this, not like that. And your whole focus is about you and about trying to get things to go your way. That's how we are. All of us are like that, right? When we're upset, most of us are upset because it didn't go our way. And we wanted it. We want, and, and our focus is on ourselves. And if, if it's all about me, then I'm not, it's not thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's not... Uh, for yours is the kingdom. It's me and my kingdom and how I want things to go. And as a Christian who submitted your life to Christ, who said, Lord, I, I'm giving you myself. I'm turning my life and my will over to you to guide and direct me. If, you're, if your story is all about you, you're in the wrong story. You need to be in God's story. And that story looks like, hey, that person over there. Go talk to them. Hey, that person over there needs encouragement. Can't you see their face? Go talk to them. I'll tell you what to say. Right? If it's all about you, you're in the wrong story. Yeah. And it's, it'll be too small of a story. You'll never be satisfied in that story because you'll never find fulfillment. I read a story about this uh, soccer player from Australia who uh, just yesterday, he was he um, really good soccer player. He grew up as a Christian but just ran away from, from church, from God. And did everything he wanted to do, went to Europe and, and lived up the good life, you know, just um, uh, sleeping around, partying, all that stuff. And he said in the middle of it, even though he had people around him, he was just so, so lonely. And he found himself at this church and this guy speaking about, um, about purpose and meaning. And real similar to what you're talking about, when, you're, when it's, the story's all about you, it's just not that fulfilling. And uh, he made a change and said, all right, I'm going to change my life. I, I realized that this is not – my story is not big enough for me to really live. And so he partnered with God, and, and God gave him the ability to use his gifts to then help others do, do more than they could with, with, um, because his ability to step out. Right, because that's the perspective shifter. When you start doing for something, else, something for someone else, your perspective automatically shifts. You have to stop thinking about yourself. Absolutely do. Yeah, and that's a prayer. We're saying, God, help us. So every week we looked at different prayers in the Bible. We're talking about the prayer of Jabez, talking about the Shema, talked about... Um, Psalms 23, some really famous prayers that God's answered. Well, today I want to bring a, a prayer that's found in Ephesians. Paul is praying over this church in Ephesus. And this is in, in, the, in the book of Ephesians, he prays two times for the church. 
And this is what his prayer says, right? So he's, he's, he's saying, all right, he starts talking to the church in Ephesus in, in um, Ephesians 1, starting in verse 15. Um, he said, ever since I heard about your strong faith in, in the Lord and, you, and the love for, that you have for God's people, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And he says like this. He says, this is his prayer, right? I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in the knowledge of God. So his prayer for the Ephesians that became Christians is saying, I, I pray that you'll have spiritual wisdom and insight that you may grow in the knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. I love that picture. You're, like your, your heart all of a sudden is just illuminated with the light of God. You begin to see things that really aren't maybe, maybe all that good in your heart, but it illuminates it. In other parts, you begin to see that God has good plans. So you can understand the confident hope he has given to, to those he called. His holy people who are rich in his glorious inheritance. And he goes on to say this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So Paul said, I'm praying for you guys. And this is, my, this is his prayer. Notice what he prays. He says, I'm praying that you will know God uh, for the growth. This is our heart. This is why we exist. We want to reach people with the life giving message of Jesus Christ. We want people to know God. So for some of you, knowing God would mean that you'd be in a relationship with him today. That would be your first introduction, saying, all right, I want to know this God personally. Uh, for others, you've been on this journey for a while. We'd be praying that you would know God more in a different, um, a different experience, uh, something more about God. You would, you would grow in your knowledge of him. And this is what Paul is saying in his prayer. He's praying for the Ephesians. He's saying that you would know God, that you would understand what he's done and what he's given to you, given to us. So, so Christ on the cross he, he, he made a way for us to be able to, to accomplish these things. So God is not just saying, hey, just submit, be a servant, that you, you're a slave to me and that you, you, you can't do anything good with your life. You just, you just you bow down and that's it. He's saying, no, I want you to accomplish good things, and I'm going to give you the ability to accomplish these things that you can't accomplish on your own, um, to understand what is available to us. Um, it, it, it's, what he says is it's the same power that raised Christ from the de- dead is available to us. So when we're saying yours is the kingdom, Right? Thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory. We're saying, God, it's about your kingdom. It's about you. Notice in the Lord's Prayer what's, what's absent. Right? We have no I and no me. In that whole prayer, I never say me, I never say I. It's always about us and about our. And then it's all about Father and about your. It's, it's a community. It's about us seeing something beyond ourselves. I think Jesus did this very intentionally to say, it's not about you. Life is not about me. And then I pray the Lord's Prayer, I'm declaring life is not about me. God, would you help me to accomplish what you want me to accomplish today? And God promises that he'll give us the same power that's available, uh, that, that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is available to us to overcome addictions, to overcome uh, sin, struggles, uh, overcome our past. He, he gives it to us. And not just that, it's an inheritance. We have, we have resources. We have uh, things to, to be able to accomplish the good in our, in, in, in our world. So if God's put something in your heart, he wants to help provide for those dreams. Like he's, that, that dream in your heart is not there by accident. God's giving you that so you can make a difference in this world. And he's saying, I have the resources to be able to give you that. Uh, our church is an example of that. God put a dream in my heart, start a church. And then what happened? He provided the resources to be able to accomplish this. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of his goodness, because of his power and his, his, his in, enabling power, power to help us accomplish what we can accomplish. Right, and that's that's really so critical because in each one of these statements, God is God is saying, or Jesus is illustrating that He funds 
his kingdom, right? You'll have the power you need um, for my kingdom to come. And it, it's, it, it's so fantastic. I, I think of um, the biblical characters, uh, Moses, right? I mean, Moses is, he's a big dude in the Bible, you know, the, um, is Israel, if you go to Israel right now, you talk about Moses. I mean, he's a big, big superstar, really, of the Bible, Moses is, right? Yeah. And uh, so Moses is, um, in this particular story I'm thinking of, is when Moses dies and Joshua is taking over. So in Joshua 1, chapter 1, 1 through 8, you can take a look at these verses. You can tell that Joshua is scared because Jesus is, I mean, sorry, uh, the Lord is saying, oh, yeah, Jesus, the Lord, <laughs> he's saying to Joshua, you know, have courage, be of good courage, do the things I'm telling you to do. And then he makes this statement in verse five, which so powerful, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And really what the Lord is saying, in my opinion, is Moses was just some guy. Uh, when I, I planned for him, I, you know, but really he was just another guy. In fact, he was, he ran from his problems in Egypt. You can read the story. He ran from his problems in Egypt, was hiding out with the sheep as a shepherd, tending sheep when God showed up. He was just some guy. How, how many of you feel like, well, I'm just, I'm just an average guy. I mean, how can I do anything for God, especially if it's very big? I mean, I'm just some guy. I mean, that's how I feel. I'm just, I'm just some guy. Joshua is, is really, he's just another guy. He's another dude in this story. And what God is saying when he's saying, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He's saying, Moses was great because I was there. I made Moses great. It was my power. It was my influence. And just like I did that with him to accomplish my kingdom come on this earth, I'm going to do that with you, Joshua. And that's the power, Eric. The power that we receive, the power of the Holy Spirit, that power comes upon us. And it's the, it's the power to, that raised Jesus from the dead. We, it, it enables us to accomplish his kingdom come, his will, right? For, for, because it's his. Yeah. Right? And that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking God to do something that we can't do on our own. In fact, the Bible tells us if you can do it, you should just do it. Don't pray about it. Do it. Like you, you don't tell somebody, hey, um, you know, stay warm and be well fed when you have a jacket and you have food. The Bible says, no, give them the food and give them the jacket. Don't pray that God will take care of them because he's giving you the resources to do that. Prayer is us saying, God, we can't accomplish these things on our own, so please help us to do that. I can't make the kingdom of God show up in my life. So I'm inviting God to say, would you come and let your kingdom be, be, be made known all around me the same way as mm-hmm. it is in heaven? Let it be mm-hmm. in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I pray over my kids, and I'm asking God, let your kingdom show up in, in their mm-hmm. lives. That when the enemy wants to, uh, to, to hurt and introduce, introduce things into their lives, I'm praying and saying, God, we need your help to help them be protected. We need your help to raise them so they can make good decisions. We're asking God to do something that we can't do mm-hmm. on our own. And really, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Right, right. And, it, and it's that perspective thing. And really, that's, that's why I'm saying all that about Joshua and Moses is that when we say um, for yours is a power, it, it's that perspective thing that, that takes the shift from me. I, I don't have to come up with something to say. I'm not really very, you know, I, I'm a beach kid. I grew up on the beach in Southern California. I'm really not that smart. I mean, that's what's running in my head. 
And God is saying, no, 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 it's my power. It's my power. And when I think that way, then I'm willing to step forward and allow his kingdom to come at my office with people I know, at that lady I helped at the grocery store, um, etc. Yeah, that's good. Because if you look throughout the scriptures, over and over, God is picking these people that we wouldn't choose. They're not the, they're not the best of the best. A lot of times they're the ones that, that society rejected, uh, that, that had uh, dark pasts. And God says, I still want to choose them. I, I'm, he's looking for people who are willing to say, all right, I don't have it all together, but I'm willing to follow your lead. Like, I'll, I'll follow you. Look at the disciples, right? They said they were unschooled fishermen. Um, they didn't make the cut. They weren't the smartest of, the, of, of their classes. They, didn't, they weren't the Stanford and the Harvards. Uh, they didn't make it to that, that position, and God chose all of them for a specific reason. Uh, Peter, uh, he was so afraid to, to, to tell even a teenage girl, right, before, right the, the day that Jesus is dying, right, he denies Christ three times, and a teenage girl, a servant girl, asks him, hey, aren't you a disciple of Christ? And he's so afraid, he says, no, he denies it, and he curses, and, and, and he, he denies being a, a, associated with Christ. Well, just a few chapters later, Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and wait, because I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, Who's going to empower you to accomplish what you can't accomplish on your own? Like he's going to, he's going to give you the, the uh, enablement to be able to do more than you can on your own. And, and Peter receives, after the resurrection, he receives the Holy Spirit. And then he stands up in front of thousands of people and, and boldly proclaims that, that Christ died on the cross for them and that he has good plans for life. A few chapters back, he was scared. He was, he was afraid. After the Holy Spirit, after realizing God's power, he was now all of a sudden empowered to do these things. Uh, it's a gift that God gives us. The Holy Spirit is so um, – is a gift that God gives us to be able to do what we can't do on our own. And this is part of the prayer, I think, when we're saying, God, your kingdom come. Yours is the, key, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. That power, he's given to us to be able to accomplish these things. You can, you can overcome um, even when you don't think you can because God is saying, I want to help you in this. And then when he answers those prayers, we give him all, all the credit. We give him all the glory. Right, and the, the practical application is that when you're in that situation and you, you can tell there's something there and maybe you should go talk to that person, you know, or even someone comes to your door and you just, I mean, you look at some people and you know that sums up. This, this section of the prayer, this is a perspective reminder for, for us to take a step to pray that prayer, okay, Lord, yours is a power, so empower me right now to speak life into this person's situation. And God will do that. He's done it for me many, many, many times, Eric, for you, many, many, many times. Yeah. And uh, I've had, I got, a, I got a message, actually, from a lady uh, a few weeks ago on Facebook. I haven't talked to her. I haven't seen her for years, actually. And she messaged me and said, Hey, my husband and I were talking about that situation way back when, and, and I just want to thank you again so much. I wouldn't be here if you hadn't have shared the Lord with me in that moment. Thank you so much. I, I'm just I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a dude, you know. But with the Holy Spirit. I can communicate Christ. I can communicate life, the life-giving message of Jesus Christ to people who desperately need it. People matter to God. People matter. He would that none would perish. And he uses us to impact those around us. When we, when we acknowledge yours is the power, we're saying it's not, it's not on me. It's not about me. 
was about you and your kingdom and your God is invested in making his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He's invested in that. And he's investing in each one of us. through the, That's what the Holy Spirit, it's an investment so that we can do the will of God to reach people around us, to touch them with the love of Christ. That's what this is about because people matter. You matter. The people around you matter. God wants to love them through us. Wow. So if you're here today, I know there are some people here. You, you live under a constant pressure and stress because um, life is all about you. And to this point, everything you've tried just doesn't satisfy, doesn't fulfill. Um, you can do as much of it as you want, and you always wake up empty and looking for more. Um, our church exists to help you realize that um, there's something more than those things. Um, and in this, you know, we're talking to the Lord's Prayer. It's really about relationship. It's about us partnering with God to accomplish something in our lives that we can't accomplish on our own. Can I tell you that my life is so worth the, the, the 38 years, I'll be 38 this year, 38 years that I've lived, the last 20, almost uh, uh, 18 years of ministry that I've been a pastor. Um, it's been worth everything I've given uh, because I was, I'm able to say, God, use my life to help others be free from stuff uh, that, that keeps them back. Use my life for, to help others uh, to find out your love and your goodness. Um, and some of you have come today, and, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Almost like you're suffocating. Uh, it feels like you have a lot of pressure. You, have, um, you, you, just, you know you're separated from God. Um, and when we talk about these things, the whole point is this is saying you don't have to live with that pressure. You don't have to, you don't have to live a life of, of being empty and looking for something to satisfy. If you'll come alongside God and say, I want to walk with you, I want to partner with you, he will lead you on this journey that you'll begin to find everything you really want anyways. I promise. And you discover the plans God has for you. He'll begin to help you to live those out. And, and the reason I bring that up is because at the, at the end of service, we give an opportunity for everybody, if it's in this room, to make a decision to say, God, I, I've made it about me for too long. Um, so the Bible says that if we confess our sins, uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Uh, that if we come to him and we say, God, we need your help, uh, he answers and he responds and he helps us. And so today some of you are here uh, and, and you need to make that decision, you need to make that choice. In fact, would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head as we close service today? Um, if you're here today and we've been talking about, you know, God has, he wants to give us the ability to overcome, um, to make it um, beyond the struggles, beyond the addictions, beyond all those things that we face. Um, and today you, you would be bold enough to say, I want to make a change in my life. Like I want his kingdom to show up in my life. Um, if you're here today and you, you would, you would be, be brave enough to say, that's me. Um, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. I won't call you to the front, but lead you in a prayer right in your seat where you're at. And, but if you're here today and you, you need to say, God, I've made it about me for too long. Forgive me. I want my life to count. I want my life to be used for your purposes and for your, your glory. Uh, if that's you today, would you do me a favor and raise your hand? Awesome. A lot of hands going up. I see them. Thank you. So good. I never regret that moment that you're doing right now. Saying, God, I give you my life. God, I invite you into my, into my heart. I invite you to lead me and guide me. Make my life count. Anybody else? Say you'd say, I need God. I need his help. I want to be. I want to overcome. I want to be free. I want to live with joy and peace. Awesome. All of you, raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Um, 
If you're a Christ follower, would you join in the prayer with us? They're not praying alone. It's just a simple prayer of saying, God, I want a relationship with you. Forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe in my heart that you, died, that you rose from the grave. So if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Forgive me for making life about me. Forgive me of my sin, for my wrongdoing. I believe you sent your son to die on that cross for me so I could have life and I could have the power to overcome. I believe you're alive today and you have good plans for my life. So today I invite you to lead me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.